Welcome to Insight Flicks. This is a movie discussion podcast. My name is Mike, and like always, I'm here with my two brothers, Richard and Raymond. And in this episode, we're going to discuss and review The Ice Road, which is the new Netflix thriller that stars Liam Neeson. Uh, Raymond, you didn't get a chance to see this movie, right? No. But that's because you didn't have no interest in it at all. Yeah, I don't even know what it is. <laughs> uh, well, it, it is the new Liam Neeson film that's available now on Netflix. Uh, well, let's you know before we get into the review, let's uh, let's talk about Liam Neeson. Let's uh, let's talk about his filmography because I think he is. Uh, I think he deserves a, maybe a quick discussion because he is a, someone who is uniquely different than any other actors in his kind of generation. Um, he's, you know, extremely charismatic and I find that his charisma comes naturally. There's an, like kind of an effortless quality about his acting. Uh, I want you, I want you to hear your thoughts on Liam Neeson. Are you a big fan of Liam Neeson, Raymond? Yeah, I, I, I guess so. Sadly, I think I, I, I probably first became aware of him like as an, as an action star. Cause, mm-hmm. uh, that's like when I was in, um, in high school but uh since taken or what was it yeah yeah since 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 taken because that's kind of when he's became an actor i i didn't i see him in a bunch of movies but i never i i didn't know his name uh i didn't recognize him mm-hmm. like that you know what i mean yeah 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 and then uh and then after i saw him in in uh, um as as an action star i would go back and watch movies i'm like wow i never realized that he was like in all of these films <laughs> Like some of the more prestigious dramas that uh, he did it back in the in the nineties, I guess. Yeah, but also just like stuff like I, I, I like dark like Darkman. Oh, Darkman! <laughs> and, yeah, uh, I, I I didn't I didn't realize that that you know I had seen him in that and that I had seen him even in Star Wars. Like, and I, it, oh, it was right, really right. taken when I when he became like a household name for me. Oh wow, uh, Rich, what, what's your relationship? to uh Liam Neeson and uh, what was the kind of the first movie that you remember his you know his performance that you go who's that guy I, I need to know about him more well, which movie was that for you uh when was a uh, dark man was that before Schindler's List yeah was it dark man dark man is the one where I uh made him a a star to me but otherwise other than that he looks familiar because he was in Mission also, and also uh, he was a next to Kin. Crawl. <laughs> oh, yeah, the Crawl. But he was in Next to Kin, which I think that was a big movie at the time that starred uh, Patrick uh, Swayze. Yeah, Swayze. he was Patrick Swayze's older brother. Yeah, got killed. Yeah. Um. Uh. But yeah, he, he was just a familiar face. But it was uh, Dark Man that made him a star to me. Mm-hmm. And what, what, what's your thoughts on him as an actor? What, what is it about him that makes like? Makes he him solidified like, himself well after uh, Rob Roy to me, mm-hmm. and then um, Schindler's List, of course. But yeah, uh, Gangs of New York, and that's. But what what what, what is what's the qualities about him that you 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 were drawn to him? What he's makes the him? Every, Go ahead. He's the everyday man. I mean, he was uh, he, you know he's, he fills that void of a, like of a Harrison Ford type. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, so he's the um, he's just a go to hero. Mm-hmm. When you see him on screen, uh, uh, he's believable. Uh, whatever character he plays, yeah, the, I, I find that there's a uh, there's a candor about him, you know, or, or like kind of a frankness that he has. 
that puts him in the same level as someone like Clint Eastwood. You you mentioned Harrison Ford. Yeah, that, that comes to mind. I also see him like someone like a Tommy Lee Jones. Mm-hmm. And I, I think because he's able to do this, you know, he's able to be, you know, this kind of everyday man, like you were saying, that he's he's also is able to float in between these different type of movies, you know. And it, I think what makes him different than other other movie, uh, other kind of big name actors is that he's able to do these kind of cheesy revenge thrillers without really kind of hurting his career. Oh, I wouldn't say it'll last that lo- that much longer for him. I mean, after this film, I mean, really? You think this uh, is a, Ice Road was the the bridge too far? Or? Unfortunately, I, I think I reached that bridge a while ago with the action movies. <laughs> oh, okay, because I, I I find him to me, I find him to be like a Teflon Don. I, I, he well, I heard the Marksman was uh, was a stinker also, but honest yeah. thief I liked. Mm-hmm. So he has the good ones every now and then. Sure, decent ones. Every now and then. I mean, but to compare them to, to someone like Bruce Willis. Oh no, no, no. no. <laughs> well, Bruce Willis. Is, well, Bruce Willis is down. Is going down the uh, Steven Seagal. You know. That's what I'm saying. He's not at that at that point, and I don't not know yet. Yeah, not yet. No, 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 not yet. I mean, but well, there was there there was an interview uh, Liam Neeson did. Uh, uh, I think maybe it was last year or a couple months ago, uh, and. He was he was talking about like uh, being an action star and you know how he, that he can't do it for much longer and that he right. was thinking of transitioning as to, and becoming a a comedy star. Oh yeah. And uh, he he he's been uh in, he's been talking to Seth MacFarlane about I think doing the the Naked Gun reboot. Oh really? And it's something that he's he's really something that he's really considering because uh, he says that could be the next phase of his career. Yeah, I mean, he is he is getting up there. He's almost 70. He's not 70 yet. Yeah, he it seems like he doesn't he's aware of it and he doesn't want to, you know, become Bruce Willis and become the direct to DVD guy. <laughs> yeah. Cuz he's he's close. He's very close to right. Be, to reaching that. And I mentioned Bruce Willis because he Bruce Willis to me, he seems like to be this guy who has you know who who's a capable actor you know he has he has skills to he could do these kind of prestigious dramas if he wanted to but it would i think it, at this point in Bruce Willis's life he just doesn't want to do the work and it seems like he's permanently stuck in these kind of cheap B movie crime thrillers well ne- Neeson can still do the dramas i think he's just uh, unfortunately he's just getting more scripts that are action oriented yeah well, I but think, I think if, if if the right drama like Silence or something like that comes mm-hmm. along, he, he'll he'll do it. I think <laughs> I think Bruce is now like um, picking projects by the week. How many how many weeks <laughs> you need me on the set? All right, two weeks, no problem. One yeah. week, no problem. Three days, I'll take it. Yeah, there's a trailer that came out recently. I forgot what was the title, but it was a new Bruce Willis movie. And in it, uh, you know, he's playing a, a cop again. And I, I, I was looking it up on the Wikipedia page, on the Wikipedia page of the film. And it said it was shot during COVID. And because of the COVID, uh, it was the the schedule was shortened to a, a week or something like that. It was shot during a week. And Bruce Willis' part was all shot in one day. <laughs> So I mean, yeah, yeah I think the, he does pick these parts for you know. I got you know, I could I could do a movie in five days, you yeah. know. Here, give me uh, this amount of money, and I'll, I'm willing to do whatever because he is picking some really bad crap. 
to star right. in or right. to to co-star in. And Nicolas Cage, when Nicolas Cage um, gets signs on to a, a project, uh, he reads the script. <laughs> I guess you could say, <laughs> but, but I think he's more of the character and what he um, decides to play. He just he just tell him, just tell him the character and he'll take it. Yeah, with Nicholas, it's kind of like, can I do some acting exercise, you yeah. know, where I could really explore the deepest de- depths of a character mm-hmm. that he can't do with like a major movie or something like that. Uh, uh, what's cool about Liam Neeson, though, and uh, is that I think because his training in the theater, you know, he is he he, he is a stage actor. And I think his what I really kind of loved about his performance in any movie that he does is his movements. I think his movements are the best thing about him. He's able to move his body. He's able to, and it's and it's because he has this kind of you know I'm I'm not sure how tall he is, but he he has a he's very tall. Yeah, he has this he has this presence on screen, and I think the movements in his body. Uh, correlates with the voice he's able to use his voice so when he's angry i'm i'm going to kill you and then when he's happy you know he's like he's in a different he uses his voice and i think it's a it's a these are like stage kind of techniques you know and i think it works and i think that's what makes him different than any other actor uh no yeah it's it's just the stage presence Mm -hmm. and it's just uh his presence overall i mean it's just um yeah, it's like I said, he's got a believability on whichever role he plays. And uh, yeah, I mean, he's he's such a great actor that uh, Star Wars The Phantom Menace is actually your favorite Star Wars film, right, Mike? Because, <laughs> yes. Just because of his performance? Well, I think with this, yeah, yeah. Because I'm not a big fan of the prequel films like a lot of people. And this may be a controversial take. I think The Phantom Menace is the best one out of that three. Only because of Liam Neeson. Because I think he does a, uh, like, he's the only one who gets what lucas was trying to to do with the, those actors i think because you know lucas i think he said he was trying to get like that old style hollywood acting that no one really understood and it just felt very flat i think in those in those movies liam neeson was the only one who who gave a really decent performance well he's the kind of actor that delivers in every role he takes and um um you could safely say that if you don't enjoy the movie that he's in, you can safely say it wasn't his fault. Yeah. It was the you could, it was the writing, the direction, anything else but his performance. But in the action movies, for how much longer can you say that? <laughs> uh, yeah, and Rich, and Rich, let me ask you this. You know, like what Raymond was saying, can, can you see him doing uh, these action movies until he... Another can, decade? <laughs> yeah. How long no, does he have until he, he he has to stop stop with these action movies? I think the time it has been ticking for a while, and it's it's going to be up soon. Yeah, he's been doing it for like I think taking three thirteen years. What what is your favorite Liam Neeson performance, Rich? Performance? Yeah. Well, like I said, the Dark Man is the one that um, stood out for me, um, but uh, Schindler's List is probably the best that he's ever d- delivered on screen. Mm-hmm. And you, Raymond? Not, well, how about not counting Schindler's List? Because that's kind of like the... The go-to. The, yeah. Yeah. And that that one just makes sense, you know? Besides that one. Well, I'll go from the the uh, his first, what I think is Dark Man, to his last, which would probably be... Uh, probably not in a while. Um, the Grey. Mm. Yeah. Raymond? 
What's your favorite uh, Liam Neeson performance? I'm gonna I'm gonna surprise you, Mike. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna go with Star Wars Episode One. <laughs> really? Yeah, because he really is like kind of perfect in that movie. He is. I, so, and I yeah. think, and he also kind of repeats himself in Batman Begins because he almost plays the exact same character, the mentor. It didn't I don't think it worked quite as well in Batman Begins. Hmm. I thought he was good in that movie too, but um, but I thought you were going to say Rob Roy because I think you, I. Well, that was Rob yeah, Roy's but, great. Yeah. But yeah. Oh, oh, to Raymond. Oh, okay. Yeah. Or anyway, I think both of you. But I think, I think his perform. I think his performance is a little better in the Phantom Menace. Hmm. Just maybe, maybe it's because everyone else is so um, bad in it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think in Rob Roy, it kind of that that was the one that made people go, "Oh, this guy is not just a good actor; he's also a leading man. He's also has this kind of natural, you know, honor about him. He he's you know, like I was saying before, he has this kind of frankness about him. And I what I kind of really loved about his performance in any of his movies is that he is a very good listener. You know, as an actor, you know, every time I see him, he appears to be focused on the other actors, you know, when they're talking. So he's like, he's not like hogging up the scene for himself. He, he, you know, so I think, and again, I think that maybe comes from his stage background. Uh, And, and that's why I think he's somewhat, he's so much, he's someone different than a Bruce Willis or even someone like a Mark Wahlberg who I have criticized because he's kind of following in the same footsteps of a Bruce Willis who's just going through the motions, you know, or has, you know, put his career in neutral and just doing these really kind of bad, shitty kind of action movies where Liam Neeson, although he's doing the kind of the same level of action movies, I think they're still kind of worthy in the sense of his, his acting performances. I still kind of feel for the guy in, the, in this new movie, The Ice Road, which I think is probably his worst performance yet. Mm. I still think it's a pretty decent one, even though I, you know, I could, I could tell that he's just kind of going through the motions and, and, and like just. Di- Dice Road's the movie you guys are about to review? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. A- any last words on, on, uh, on Liam Neeson before we go into the review, Rich? Uh, no, I mean, I, I think he's one of the finest actors, but. Um, and I do um, think that back in 2009, when he lost his wife, I think mm-hmm. that's when um, that that's when he devoted himself to his work, and he basically took everything. So, that's but what... uh, that's that's also where he became. Uh, um, I think a lot of women. Oh yeah, paid attention to him after that one, uh, after the loss of his his wife. Tragic Natasha Richardson. Um, mm-hmm. Tragic lo- loss of life and. Uh, who who was uh, a fine actress herself? And so it was a funny story that Howard Stern once said. Uh, she he was because they're kind of in the same circle at the time. They're both in, in New York. They're and mm-hmm. Lee, Liam Neeson was living in New York at the same time. And Howard Stern just saw Taken. He was a big fan of it, and and he went up to Natasha at a dinner party, and he goes, "Man, I love that Taken <laughs> to <laughs> Natasha." And, you know, I can't believe how good Liam Neeson is in that movie. It makes me believe that he could have been a great James Bond. Mm. And Natasha kind of laughed it off and goes, oh, yeah, you know what? It's so funny you say that because I told him not to ever take that movie. (laughs) I thought it was the stupidest thing. And then at that time, it was like the biggest number one movie in the the U.S., you know. So uh, it was, you know, like, uh, you know, it taken, took, took. A Liam Neeson to a new level, but also gave him this, you know, 
unfortunately, this kind of uh, he's now the go to guy for these older men action thrillers. He's just kind of typecast, so I mean that could that could change. I mean, hopefully, he starts to get uh, more interesting scripts again. What, what, what do you see his future? Is it going to be comedy? Yeah, he could, maybe a little bit. Uh, he's done some comedy, a little bit of comedy, but yeah, I could, I could easily see him do like the uh, the Naked Gun series easily. Yeah, me too. I mean, yeah, so I mean, there's a that funny bit that he did with Ricky Gervais in uh, yeah. what was that series called? Uh, short uh, life is too short is that what it is that's the warwick 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 davis one though yeah what was that is that yeah that was it right it's called life is too short oh yeah i forgot (laughs) there was a hilarious bit that he he plays himself and it's warwick davis's series that he did with uh ricky gervais and it's it's probably the most funniest thing i ever seen him done uh, do and it's a it's a great bit it's the funniest thing uh Probably in that series where where he kind of uh, tries to improv. Um, the 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 Val Kilmer stuff was pretty funny too. <laughs> yeah. Mm. All right, let's get into the review of the Ice Road. Um, here's a clip from the trailer. What the hell was that? You heard about the cave-in? Yeah. I'm putting together a rescue mission. We have 26 trapped miners who are running out of air. I need 300 feet of pipe delivered up there in under 30 hours. Can you make it happen? Says you had experience on the ice road. Yep. Use the mechanic? One of the best. Sweet Jesus. Give me 50 bucks. One of my drivers just became available. Wait, what's it for? Bail. I, yeah. What? Told you this wasn't going to be easy. All right, Rich, uh, let's start with the cast first. Who Who is in this movie? Uh, starring with Liam Neeson is uh, Lawrence Fishburne, uh, Benjamin Walker, Holt McCallany, mm-hmm. Amber Midthunder, and Marcus Th- Thomas. And who wrote and directed this movie? Uh, this is directed by Jonathan Henslaw, who's probably best known to me as Die Hard with a Vengeance, the third Die Hard film. He, he's a, a he screenwriter. Wrote, right. And he directed a couple of movies. What He, he directed uh, The Punisher. The, Punish, the Punisher <laughs> with the... the Th- uh, Thomas Jane. Thomas Jane one and uh, Kill the Irishman. Which was his last film that he ever directed. Yeah. Which was a while ago. I hated that movie. <laughs> <laughs> which was a while ago. And uh, uh, I didn't see that movie. You you hated that movie, Ra- Raymond? Yeah. Um, well, you probably would hate this too. <laughs> you would hate the Ice Road. Uh, Rich, what's the synopsis? Okay, this one uh, follows. Uh, after a remote diamond mine collapses in far northern Canada, a big rig Ice Road driver must lead an impossible rescue mission over a frozen ocean to save the trapped miners. Okay. The movie starts off with a group of miners getting trapped inside a cave-in. Mm-hmm. And they're in uh, northern Canada, and uh, we learned that like they only got like probably thirty hours before they all suffocate. You know, obviously due to a lack of oxygen. Uh, there's also and a gas leak. There, there there's a they're exposed to a, a dangerous amount of uh, methane. Mm-hmm. And uh, Liam Neeson plays a truck driver in um, North Dakota, mm-hmm. and he gets the emergency emergency call. 
you know, because they're calling all truck drivers who who are crazy enough to drive. They have to drive this heavy uh, equipment down across the lake, uh, frozen lake or whatever else. Yeah, to get to the mining site. And so it's extremely dangerous. It's p- potentially your truck can get stuck in the ice, even engulfed in in, 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 in the ice, in the water. And uh, well, Liam Neeson's character, his name is Mike. Um, he is financially struggling. Uh, he just lost his job because he is fighting with the other truck drivers because they were picking on his younger brother, Gertie, who is yeah. played by... Um, Marcus Thompson, who's a guy who I never seen before. Marcus Thomas. Or Thompson Thomas. He's a guy who I never seen before. And apparently he co-starred in, in Jonathan Heslaw's uh last film, uh The Kill the Irishman. So he's I'm I'm assuming they're best friends. But that this guy is kind of a not the greatest actor. <laughs> And the thing, the thing about Gertie, uh, this Liam Neeson's brother's character, he he is an Iraq veteran. He suffers from brain injury, so he you know he has difficult communicating with other people. Uh, he, I, t- uh, the, the metaphor here is very much of mice and men. You know, the brothers in that book is very much the same dynamic as the brothers in this book or in this movie. Mm-hmm. But George and Lenny, you know. I mean, Gertie even has a pet mouse. Yeah, <laughs> Just a, yeah. it's not mm-hmm. rabbits, but it's a pet mouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, he's not dead. He's not necessarily a dead weight. Gertie is also the uh, Mike's mechanic, and he's actually has uh, really some good skills. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, and he's actually an important part of this rescue team. And it's all uh, you know, it's it's basically the ice road truckers meets uh, the sorcerer meets you know the wages of fear meets the gray. Uh, it's also reminiscent of a lot of 90s action films. And it's a ticking clock scenario. You know, we got rugged heroes. Uh, we got backstabbing side characters. We got corporate controlled villains. And there's a sabotage subplot here. And, you know, there's a bunch of like, who can you trust? You know, uh, Rich, what's your thoughts on the Ice Road? This this n- new Netflix film. Well, going into it after watching the trailer, I I thought it was going to just be a typical, you know, just a regular um, action thriller uh, for that, you know, that Liam Neeson fits the bill for. Yeah. And you liked and, his last movie, The Honest Thief. Yeah. That wasn't his last movie. It was The Marksman. So, oh, uh, yeah. Okay. But, um, which I haven't seen. Well, um, you, but you, you kind of like that he i'm not expecting the best i'm not i wasn't expecting the best but i was expecting you know a decent action flip right you're you know? op- you're open to this type of uh yeah this is, this is my genre yeah and yeah um the and uh, uh i i saw it was written, uh, written directed by jonathan henslaw who i kind of appre- i, I kind of like the first the punisher whatever which one uh the punisher Oh, the Punisher. Okay. Uh, with uh, John Travolta, and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, um, it, I I thought I, I had its moments. Too. Yeah, I thought I had its moments. Um, but I, I really love Die Hard uh, three. Uh, well, he didn't direct that one. No, no, but he wrote it. Um, but uh, uh, this was such a simple premise, mm-hmm. and um, it's it just failed in all directions. I mean, it it just it it, it was too much hilarity ensued i mean <laughs> when it wasn't supposed to be uh it's just too many ridiculous um you, uh, 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 i don't know additives on it that that 
definitely. Um, well, that second half, that second half is terrible. Of this movie. Yes, the, once the uh, the the action starts, I guess you could say. I mean, but I do like the performances again from Liam Neeson and Lawrence Fishburne and newcomer Amber Mid Thunder. I thought she did an okay job. I think she's the and, best, the best part of the movie. Yeah, and, and also Benjamin Walker, who I actually worked with Liam on Kinsey, playing him his younger self. Mm-hmm. And he um, kind of looks—he kind of looks like a young Liam Neeson too. At least he used to be, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. Uh, despite these good actors, uh, the what they delivered—I mean, the the lines were just horrible. <laughs> I mean, those the there, yeah. There were some the, moments in the movie where you go, "What." the hell are you thinking man i mean i'm as 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 a writer i mean as 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 these written plot lines that doesn't go anywhere and you know look i could i could almost see the 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 script I could see that this was just it feels like it was stuck in the 90s and i think if this movie was maybe directed by those guys from the 90s like some say someone like um like a, a john debont or something like that or a rennie harlan or mm-hmm. or you know like you could you could easily give this same script to like john mctiernan the first diehard director john mctiernan yeah yeah he could have easily made this a much more exciting movie now i'm not saying this this script would be if there was a really good director this, this script could have been transformed into a really classic great movie no i don't think so i don't think that's the whatever but you could have made this like a stupid exciting movie get like simon west con air is not the greatest <laughs> yeah simon west yeah con air is not the greatest kind of script but you know the way he drags it he made it fun it, it was stupid but it was a fun stupid and that's mm-hmm. that's the potentially that this movie could have been this mm-hmm. could have been like a fun stupid really? movie but the second half of this movie just went completely kapooey yeah I mean, off the rails yeah i mean they added this kind of sabotage subplot that didn't need to be there i think it was because you know the idea of that them driving down this icy lake and that when sun when the sun comes up that it will melt the ice you know it makes it more kind of unstable that's all you really need so i really had a, like a fun time with the first half of this movie but then they had to add like explosions and you know double cross and avalanche yeah and all that crap people have complained about how the special effects in this movie was awful it was and i kind of expected it but you know but well, that's it, not the least of guns concerns yeah I mean. yeah yeah there's a there's a lot more things that that's terrible in this movie the cinematography in this movie is horrible it looks really really dreadful and it's it's strange because this is uh, the cinematographer on this film. It's a uh, a guy named Tom Stern who has worked with Clint Eastwood for a lot of his movies, but it feels like this was his first attempt at di- with with digital uh, cameras. So everything was like kind of deep focus, and it seems like he was you know not comfortable with using sim you know with digital digital cameras it just it just looked so bad the the look of the movie just the look of the movie just looked bad i would say i i look after watching the movie i did i i didn't hate myself for watching it no which is which is different from a lot of bad action movies i would have hated myself if i paid for it (laughs) maybe you're right yeah you know what maybe you're right yeah yeah that's a good point where's the movie streaming again Netflix. netflix netflix Uh, the, the the positive about this movie, the the one positive is that I got the chance to see Amber Mid Thunder, who I never heard before, mm-hmm. 
but I really loved her performance in, in this film. She's playing this badass uh, truck driver, and I think it's it's hard for any actor to play a badass, you know, and make it believable. I think a lot of times when you see, especially young actors play you know try to play the tough rebel person mm-hmm. they fall prey to overacting or you know they come across as doing an impersonation or a caricature of a tough guy or in this case a tough gal because you know like like i think a lot of these actors who try to play badass characters they really come off as doing imitations of clint eastwood or charles bronson or even Liam Neeson, you know, but she, I think she was very believable as someone who was tough and someone who was a pretty, you know, uh, who, who she stood her ground against uh, a lot of great actors. I mean, she stood her ground against Liam Neeson, Lawrence Fishburne and uh, Benjamin Walker, who, who, who's also a, a sta- you know, a known stage actor. So he, she is standing her ground against these guys. And I think she is the most believable uh, character in the movie. You know, which is sad, but uh, props to her, you know. So, um, yeah, I was kind of disappointed at the end of this movie, but this might be a movie that's so bad that it becomes good again. You know, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It could be also just a very forgettable action movie. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's in that that category Uh, because people already forgot about Cold Pursuit and I like that one even better. But oh, yeah, that's true. But, yeah. but there was times where I just started cracking up because of just how stupid the, the screenplay is. And I think maybe that's a sign of something that's so bad it's good. But I, I don't know. I, I don't I, – like I said, I, I, I was very disappointed with the movie. But I didn't hate myself for watching the whole thing, which is a, an odd feeling for a movie that you kind of didn't like for the most part. So I don't know. And I think it's also a bad performance by Liam Neeson. <laughs> don't you think? No, because uh, it it I think it was just a, his lines okay. were, were were horrible. It's just but her. I mean, the, look the way he treats his brother in this movie. It's, yeah, it's but that's hilarious. The, the, I mean, it makes no sense because his brother is act. You know, he's basically Lenny from uh of Mice and yeah. Man. Yeah, he's like this slow adult, and he kind of like he goes to Lenny like. He's frustrated with Lenny because he has to take care of Lenny, or not Lenny. It's 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 Gertie actually in the movie. Gertie, yeah. He has to take care of Gertie, and he he goes, Gertie, take the wheel. Gertie, take care of the flat tire. Gertie, you know, take care of this. Gertie, he's like he's just screaming commands at Gertie. Gertie does it, and then in the middle of the movie, he goes, Gertie, I hate you. <laughs> Look at what, <laughs> what you made me do. <laughs> Why this is the. The only reason I made I, I accepted this mission because uh, we needed money to you know and like he like Gertie Gertie becomes like the scapegoat of all his problems you know and I go that, that, that what the hell's going on? Gertie is the only one who's keeping you alive through this whole movie <laughs> I just you know it's just the screenplay is so bad in that sense and I go you know is it a bad good movie because it feels like a 90s throwback or is it just a just a terrible bad written movie i still juggling those two thoughts in my mind but i don't know i, I but i i certainly don't recommend this movie at all <laughs> yeah it's it's not bad enough to to recommend yeah yeah well uh let's grade it rich what what, what grade would you give the ice road i'd probably just give it a d mm-hmm. i can't i can't i mean <laughs> Can't get it higher. I could go lower, but I'll just give it a D. Yeah, same here. I'm going to give this a D. I think. I think. Yeah, it's it's, it's, not, it's nothing I could recommend. You know. All right. 
that's it for uh, our review of the ice road. Uh, Rich, if people want to hear our past episodes, where can they go? Listen, uh, they can find us on uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and uh, Spotify, or iHeartRadio. And they can find all our links on InsideFlix.com. All right. Thank you for listening to InsideFlix. Uh, We'll be back with a new episode sooner than later, hopefully. All right. Bye-bye.